The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills lose a heartbreaker to the Patriots 24-17 and lost their chance at winning the AFC East Division tonight in Foxborough. Hello everyone, welcome to this recap edition episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host Nate and we are going to discuss the Bills losing to the New England Patriots tonight, week 16. We're going to go over our thoughts on the game, our stats of the game. Um, plays of the game and as always our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our amazing followers on twitter so i'm joined as always by my co-hosts john and mike fellas how are you well just to gauge your feeling on the team after tonight do you feel any differently how tough was that loss how are you guys doing i'm 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 quite mixed um that was a tough loss it was a heartbreaker right i mean it was just they were they were in it they had the ability to win it or at least tie it towards the end, and it was it just it just slipped away. Here, being a total Debbie Downer, the importance of this game is being totally overblown. They're in the playoffs at the fifth seed, so the so had the Bills beaten the Patriots, the Patriots would beat Miami next week, or the Jets would beat the Bills. It's it's not a playoff game. It's not to get into the playoffs. It's it was fun. Like we all had fun watching it. It was competitive. If we see if we see the Pats again in the playoffs, we gotta love our chances. Yeah, but I gotta love our chances this game based on the score of the last Patriots game. And it's like, okay, they gotta win this game. John, it was a huge. They made huge strides. The Pats, we could argue, is the number one defense in the league. Allen is a second-year quarterback. The first game they played, he threw four picks. Tonight it was none, and it was it came down to the last play of the game. Can I can I say that I think that the Bills kind of took a little bit of a step back this game defensively? I feel like the Bills really— It was like they were on the field, though, for 40 minutes. Yeah, the Bills' offense really couldn't get a ton going on, and— Besides uh, that long pass to John Brown, I mean, it was it was a really it was a really rough game by the Bills' offense all game, running the ball, passing the ball. Josh Allen didn't look particularly good today, and it was the offensive line had issues. The defense um, they didn't get enough pressure on Brady. I mean, there were there were a lot of things. And as 
as far as Brady goes, I mean, we're all hoping that he's taking that step back. We hope that he's, you know, taking, he's ready to ride off into retirement and he has a great game today. I mean, for his, he was accurate as hell. And they talked about the last five games, him being, you know, pre-pedestrian at best. And, and he showed the Bills didn't have an answer for Edelman. It was a, it was a rough game to watch. I, I didn't think that the Bills were, I mean, man, it was close. They they had you in it. They had you in it. You thought they were going to win, and uh, you know the Patriots pulled it off. But there were, the game again came down to the final play. A couple of I would say blown calls. Yes, I think made a huge difference. Um, a couple of of plays either way, and that and the swing swings to a Bills victory. Like it, it couldn't have been any closer. I I think what sticks out for me is the blown face mask penalty mm-hmm. on the final drive. Put some 15 yards closer, yep. maybe into the end zone, right? The 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 benefits that Brady gets on those, um, we would call them intentional groundings, right? Like number 34 was in the area. He wasn't anywhere. He wasn't within 15 yards. Um, <laughs> Bullshit. He was on. The, he was on the same side of the field. That's it. <laughs> maybe he was. He was on um, that side of the 50 yard line. That's as close as he was to Brady, though. That was ridiculous. But the, but. A couple of years ago, the, the Patriots would be hanging 30 points on other teams or, or win by 30. I'll say that I think definitively they're in the decline, right? Like father times undefeated gets everybody like you could. Sounds like you think Brady's still at the top of his game, but it's not going to be that you can you can see the the end is certainly closer than the beginning at this point in time. And I think you got to like the bills because they're they're surging. They're definitely surging. And. And I think that the, you know, I, I just, I was hoping that pa- that that Brady specifically was going to continue that decline down, that he was going to look confused like he had versus the Texans and the Chiefs, and he wasn't going to, you know, make the plays that he, he needed to, and that Edelman wasn't going to be a situation, but Edelman always tears us apart. Taron Johnson could not cover Edelman the entire game, and they just didn't have an answer defensively for him. I think Leslie Frazier is, is a little bit to blame for that for not having a, as good of a game plan as he had in week four defensively. And, you know, it's it's funny. we The Bills won last week against uh, Pittsburgh Steelers team, you know, just barely 17-10. And we're looking at that game at the end of that, and we're just like, why didn't the Steelers do this? Why didn't the Steelers do that? And we're like, well, you know what? Maybe just because the Bills coaching is better. The Bills, I think, have, have better coaching possibly than um, – the Steelers do at this point, maybe because the Steelers are playing a third string quarterback. But um, then you go against a team like this, a team like the Patriots, who you know is well coached, and you don't have the offense to outscore them. You know, the Patriots score 24 points. You have to score more than that. The Bills don't. Bills average, I believe, around 21 points a game. So um, you can't do that against a team that's this well coached. When your offense is so limited, the defense it just it just looked flat-footed, and they weren't tackling like they should have been. There were a lot of blown tackles. A lot of times, it seemed like Sony Michelle was getting an extra four or five yards because he wasn't tackled in the first place. Um, I don't look into this game as as this is how the Bills are going to perform in the in the playoffs, and this is a team in the Patriots that will probably go deep into the playoffs no matter what. But um, I was kind of hoping for a win there. I knew I knew it wasn't. Very likely, um, they were six and a half point dogs, but um, I was kind of hoping, you know, that they might pull it off, and we'd be hoping for a Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, <laughs> showdown against the the Patriots next week. But so real quick, we have a we have a winner for the Tremaine Edmonds signed jersey 
that was announced this last week. He he uh, messaged me, let me know. Um, so we have a new autograph item that we're going to give away that we'll announce toward the end of this episode. But yeah, let's go over to some more of our general thoughts in the game. Um, well, to your to your point, I would just say yes, it would have been fun watching the game. We get a victory, right? And then it makes that Pats game next week more meaningful. But you never you never fully comprehend the, the second, the third, the fourth order effects until it's all said and done, right? Right? Maybe the Bills we we rest our starters next week, whereas otherwise it's a meaningful game and. Allen blows out his knee or who knows, maybe, maybe an extra loss gets us a, a better draft pick and we get the franchise wide receiver that we need. Like you don't, it's hard to see how these things shake out in the immediacy of the aftermath, right? We won't know for a year, years down the road. Like who knows? This could be the best thing that ever happened to us. It's n- it's not a playoff game is my takeaway. I like that optimism. The other thing to think about too is so they could, you know, they could potentially face the Patriots in the playoffs again. And then all I can think about is Mark Miller in my head. Third time's a charm, right? The third time is a charm! <laughs> yeah, Mark. Mark Miller, the man, the myth, the legend. Dallas is going down, Gary! Dallas is going down. He follows us follows us on Twitter, by the way. I feel uh I feel like I feel like I should just should we just retire podcasting and give up Twitter? Because I mean, I don't know if it gets any better than that when when Mark Miller is following you, but um, that's Mike. I love your optimism. And if you think about it, you know, you just want at this point, since the game didn't matter a good game, right? Um, either the bills to win or a good game. And the bills gave us a good game. It went right down to the last drive. And to say that of past bills teams, I mean, I remember in college going to a bills game and uh, bringing a buddy with me and be like, oh, you know, I got tickets to this game. It's so cool. It's a December New England game. It was like 2003 and the Bills lost like by 52-10. So, I mean, we are very fortunate the fact that we don't have to worry about that anymore. I mean, as Bills fans, that's that's probably not going to happen in the this season or in the foreseeable future. So um, it's it's nice to be competitive in that game. You know, sure, you would have had some wish to have some things back. But like I mentioned, you know, Brady... For all of the issues he's had the last five games, and they show the stats of him being almost 50% completion um, percentage-wise, and him just, you know, everyone's waiting for him to be on the decline. I mean, he was he was throwing dimes to his receivers, to Edelman. The Bills still don't have an answer for Edelman. I feel like last time they had a lot more of Milano on Edelman, but this week they had Taron Johnson on, and he just couldn't. No one, no one could defend him, even an injured Edelman. And the Bills just don't have an answer for that, unfortunately. And uh, he's he's Brady's safety blanket. And besides that, I mean, the, they were dialing up a lot of run plays by the running backs, a lot of screen plays, a lot of pass catching, running back plays. And, um, you know, the refs obviously didn't help the Bills again this week with that face mask call that Mike mentioned earlier, that face mask that you, you call that and the Bills are all of a sudden, you know, first and goal. Um, and have some time on Allen though today for, I will say, if you want to talk about that last drive, um, he had Dawson Knox open in the end zone and he just couldn't put the right arc on it. And that was a common theme today, him overthrowing receivers. Um, and that was, uh, I mean, Josh Allen has to get over that. He doesn't have tall enough receivers where he can just throw them off like that. And even Dawson Knox, Dawson Knox is like six foot three. You can't overthrow him like that, especially when the game's on the line. I didn't think that it wasn't as egregious as say some of the others. Like he Knox was had half a step. Maybe he wasn't 
crazy wide open. But man, it would have been sweet if it fell into his hand. Absolutely. But he did make Ellen. It seemed like he was the open. accuracy. He had half a step. <laughs> he had enough that if he had, you know, if the ball was placed in the if right, if it was a perfect pass, yeah. Well, that's not asking for much. I mean, Tom Brady was throwing those today. You mean when he wasn't throwing intentional grounding that was never, ever called? If you want to talk about the refs. The, Brady gets away with so many intentional grounding calls. Like there was a guy within, like you mentioned earlier, Mike, with the Rex Burkhead play. Like Rex Burkhead wasn't even probably looking back at the quarterback. Like that's how that's how ridiculous that play was. As soon as Brady feels pressure, he just tosses it to the ground or overthrows a wide receiver by 10 yards. And some of that's really smart, actually. And actually, it's all smart because he never gets called for it. So why would he change? Just keep doing it. Why would you change? The, break, the refs are calling those pick plays finally. Oh, yeah. That was nice. That was sweet. That was the high point of the that's game. Sweet. You like got the touchdown call back. It got, you never want to see somebody hurt, but Edelman was killing the Bills. And then that was the play that knocked him out of the game. Oh, Edelman was faking it like a soccer player that got tripped. I mean, are you uh, kidding me? He, if he was faking, he wouldn't have had to go into the into the <laughs> locker no, trying to pick our guy, basically. Oh yeah. yeah, he stayed on the on the field, but then he went back into the. It it caused the medical staff to take him off the field and back to the locker room. Oh, he's just that good of a faker that he made it seem like he was actually injured. I thought it was all just a just a just to make it look like he was he was hurt or something. Like maybe that wasn't a penalty. I'll act like I'm injured, sort of thing. Um, I think it was. Just- I, I agree, but it was still it completely took him out of the game. Like not just for a play. It, he was in the medical tent. The thing that sucks about it is Brady was still hitting all his other receivers during the time he was out. So it's not like it mattered all that much for the pass. I, I thought it was quite a marked departure from the. Did you guys get the? All, all they were doing. I mean, I agree with you that that Edelman was like totally faking, right, laying on the ground, <laughs> but. Maybe it was like the independent neurosurgeon that they have. Like, oh, you got hit in the head. You stay down. Well, okay, you're out till true, we true. take you back and do a test. Like he caught a hundred percent faking, but it did get him out of the game for a, an extended period of time, which yeah. I appreciated as a Bills fan. Yeah, that was nice to have that. Did you guys get the feeling? Speaking of Brady versus Allen and like um, him, Brady throwing great passes to his other receivers. I feel like Brady had a lot more time than Josh Allen did tonight. And I don't think, uh, you know, in, in reading and talk, you know, listening to other people that have watched a lot more film than I have, they, they always say it's a lot more Josh Allen than it is the offensive line. But man, like if I were to go to like that last play of the game, I mean, three New England defenders got completely through the offensive line and Josh Allen had absolutely no time to throw that ball. He just kind of heaved up there in the end zone to end the game. And, and I think that the, uh, the Bills offensive line, um, I think I think I think they need some upgrading in the offseason. I don't know exactly where or what, but I think Cody Ford has has gotten beaten time and again. And it's just I don't know. Did you guys notice it, notice that at all? It seemed like a marked difference, it, or maybe it's just the fact that the Bills don't have a really good pass rush on the defensive side, so it looked that much different. But it, there was there to me there was a stark difference between. The Bills pass rush versus the Patriots pass rush. It felt like Josh Allen didn't have a ton of time all game. And it felt like Brady had moments where more than not, where he could pick apart the Bills defense if he had, if he had enough time. And it seemed like he did. Yeah. I do think the offensive line is still a work in progress. I mean, the, the only one starter from last year, Dawkins, um, you know, that that's a huge 
swing right there. And I, I got the feeling that they made some significant upgrades over the off season, um, you know, going back to training camp and all that, but the, they weren't, they're not done on the offensive line for sure. They, they still need a little bit more work there. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to hope that Ty Nisecki is back at right tackle for the playoffs because they didn't place him on injured reserve. I don't believe he's practiced once since his injury. Um, at least he didn't at the beginning of this week. So we'll see. Hopefully he's ready to go by, uh, by wildcard weekend, which it looks like we're definitely going to be playing in the wildcard this year. Unfortunately, um, it was, it was a more likely probability than not being there, but it's going to happen. The bills are locked in as the fifth seed. Um, they're more likely than not going to play the Houston Texans, which the Houston Texans almost lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today, by the way. So, um, I think, I think the bills are going to be okay in that matchup. I think it's going to be a good game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So, so, um, and I also want to talk with you guys long term about do you think the Bills are going to send any starters in week 17 next week against the Jets? I mean, let's just take that right into stats of the game. So, total. Well, one thing that stuck out to me, like, what's to do with Brady trying to trip Oliver? Oh, I, I missed that. Was kind I of missed that. League. I missed that. What happened? Like, I, 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 like, we're so conditioned, like, Brady's the devil, right? Like, I don't viscerally hate someone over a game right like unless you murder my family or poison my die i don't like hate you hate you but so brady has like that poster boy image but when oliver was walking by him brady has tried to trip him i was very i was surprised to see that are you serious i I got me a little got me a little uh got heated got me a little heated yeah got you a little flustered (laughs) you bastard (laughs) (laughs) And Oliver had a couple of good hits on Brady, so I wouldn't be surprised if Brady was pissed about that. Oliver, I thought, had a great game. You want to take about, talk about people that had good games? Oliver has been fantastic the second half of the season. But So let's go over some stats of the game for today's loss. Well, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Um, okay, here we go. Give me a number. I'm going to do quiz for stats of the game. Four. <laughs> wrong um <laughs> how many more total yards did new england have than buffalo how many more total yards did new england have than buffalo mike before you can go look it up and calculate it 150 john i'm not even i'm not even gonna say 151 i'm gonna say at least 200 200 because it does it seem that lopsided today is that why well they had the ball for so long and they had those like 17 Play drives and eleven play drives. They had to have at least two hundred more yards than us. They had, had some nice long passes. <laughs> um, they mostly fell incomplete, they, but they had two good ones. They, yeah, that mostly fell all incomplete today. There was that one really good pass to John Brown for the touchdown. Um, the amount of the Patriots had four hundred fourteen yards. The Bills had two hundred sixty eight total yards today. So for a difference of one hundred forty six. So I could totally see, though, John, why you thought that, because at one point in the game, the Bills had 200 less yards. <laughs> I think it was going into the fourth quarter and thought Josh Allen was going to pull another fourth quarter comeback out of his backside, but uh, not today. Well, I, I was so close. Well, like, why are you congratulating him? I was like, dead on. But you were over. You were also over, so nobody won. Uh, no, we do by closest. Closest. So Mike definitely won. I was just saying I could see why John thought that. That wasn't a very ridiculous thought to have that but um here let's go actually let's do um 
time of possession because John brought up a very good point. What was the difference in time of possession between the Patriots and the Bills? John, I'll let you go first this time. If you were to guess, how many more minutes did the Patriots have the ball than the Bills? Quiz part two of Stats of the Game. I don't know, 15. To me, it felt like a two-to-one ratio, I would say. Pat's 40 minutes, Bill's 20. Yeah, that's actually pretty close, Mike. It was it was roughly almost 18 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, 21 minutes for Buffalo and almost 39 minutes for New England. 18 minutes more. It's a good call there. You know what's funny is, you know, you look at... You know, it's, I got of 15 and 20. I mean, it's not like I was that far off. No, you weren't. You weren't that far off. You were close. How about this one? This is another good one. I think this is a very telling stat of the game, too, and another reason why the Bills lost today and the Patriots won. How about we do third down percentage, third down efficiency percentage? What do you guess the Bills' third down efficiency percentage was today, if you had to guess? Let's see. John went first last time. Mike, what do you think? I have no idea. I would say 20%. John? Was this for offense yeah the bills offense what was their third down efficiency he doesn't even understand the question i should just it's a fourth that i get it nine percent what was it what'd you say john 19.9 percent <laughs> it was 18 percent. so i guess john gets that one. <laughs> well done john see you give him a few extra seconds and he he makes it look like he doesn't understand the question. It's just like it's just like when the Patriots were in the booth of the uh, during the Bengals game. They're like, I, I don't understand. I, I thought that this was okay. I thought it was okay to do it this way. I don't understand what's wrong. And then they did it anyway. Um, I thought it was okay to compare the hand signals they were using on the sideline to the play that they were running thereafter. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the Bills allowed four sacks today. The Patriots allowed zero sacks. The turnover, uh, the the Patriots. So this is something interesting. Is I was always under the impression, for the most part, that the Bills can win a game where the Bills don't turn the ball over. They run the ball pretty well, and they, you know, the 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 defense shows up. And today was one of those games where I get. I mean, the defense didn't truly show up. So, but the Bills didn't turn the ball over once. New England actually fumbled the ball early in the game on that Rex Burkhead screenplay. The screenplay where he was going to gain at least 20 to 30 yards. And then Jordan Poyer had that amazing play where he popped the ball out. But the Bills didn't turn the ball over once today, but they got sacked four times. Um, And the Bills had 18%, like I mentioned earlier, on third down. The Patriots were 50% 50 in third down efficiency, a stark difference. The Bills could not maintain a drive today in the Bills game. On the Bills' side of the ball, Josh Allen, 13 for 26, 208 yards, Two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, luckily, I can do that math pretty quickly. That is a 50% completion percentage by Josh Allen. Not a great day overall for Josh Allen. Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, this might be the worst game Devin Singletary had um, carrying the ball with 15 carries for 46 yards, um, a 3.1 yard per carry average, which normally he's in the 5.x range right and uh the Patriots defense they're just that good they couldn't they, they just shut down Devin Singletary today he did not have a good day running the ball and obviously like I mentioned before the Bills did not have a good day passing the ball Josh Allen was actually uh, almost the leading rusher for the Bills seven carries for 43 yards today leading receiver for the Bills today Cole Beasley seven receptions for 108 yards on 12 targets so Cole Beasley had a great game. He was Josh Allen's safety blanket today. John Brown 
had one reception for 53 yards and that one touchdown on that busted coverage for uh, with four targets. John Brown not targeted for four times, only one reception. And I think a lot of that had to do with just the fact that Stephon Gilmore was on John Brown for most of the game. And then Dawson Knox had uh, one reception for 33 yards. That was that catch right before the half where um, he looked like he was going to have a touchdown, and then um, he was his knee went down on the half-yard line. And see, guys, the Bills had – there were 18 seconds left on the clock after that, and they had to do a mandatory 10-second runoff because the play went into review. Is that is that correct? Is that how you guys saw it? Yeah, I didn't quite understand why there had to be a 10-second runoff. It's not like it's the Bills' fault that the booth decided to do a review, right? Yeah, that was weird. I guess I think that's just – I think that's just – I would think that they could say that the rule would be since it was in balance, okay, the review's done, okay, Playcock starts going again, you can call your timeout, but like a ten second runoff, I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't get that either. It sounds like another stupid rule by the NFL that needs to be fixed. But either way it was it was it was a, a good thing that Sean McDermott did not challenge the spot of the ball earlier in the game so that he actually had one timeout left over to use so the Bills could score on that play and actually get the touchdown and go 10-10 into halftime because that's just a low percentage challenge the the refs very rarely ever call spot of the ball placement unless it's egregious and very and very easily seen they never reverse that call so I was kind of happy that McDermott I mean it was an important play where the Patriots got a first down on like a fourth and one run play or whatever it was um, and it didn't really look like he got it I think he kind of got it but it was hard to tell Luckily, he we... was nowhere near. <laughs> he wasn't. But, like everyone, everywhere I was, like everyone's screaming, like "Oh, challenge it, challenge it!" But absolutely, like oh man, it 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 was great that he still had that time out at the end. Yeah, that was that was key. That I mean, got him the touchdown. Yeah, that got him the touchdown. They ran ten seconds off. The Bills had still had eight seconds left, and they scored that great pass. Josh Allen threw that great pass to uh, wide open Deion Dawkins. Um, so yeah, Deion Dawkins with a touchdown, one, one reception for one yard and one touchdown on one target, man, what a stat line. <laughs> um, all right, let's go into the Patriots side of the ball. Tom Brady, 26 for 33 for 271 yards. Let's see. 26 for 33. He was a 79% completion percentage today. He was hitting everyone open. Um, 271 yards passing, one touchdown, like I mentioned. Um, you know, the Bills just haven't been able to get pressure with four-man fronts, it doesn't seem, unless they're blitzing. And Brady is just so good at beating the blitz. So I think that, you know, we were mentioning offensive line being something that they address in the offseason. I think, you know, some sort of rush, either in the draft or free agency, some sort of defensive end that can rush the passer and, you know, make that four-man front really penetrating to to the opponent's offensive line when it, it doesn't seem to be on a consistent basis. And we only know this because we've seen the Bills in the past with under Jim Schwartz where they would have a wide nine and have four rushers and be able to completely, you know, pressure the opposing quarterback. Of course that was when they had Marcel Darius, Kyle Williams, Jerry Hughes, and Mario Williams. So I mean that was a that was a great defensive front, but um, the Bills just need to address that in the offseason. And what stinks is they could possibly lose two of those guys and Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips, and now you're replacing those guys and finding better guys. So um, there's just going to be a, a point where the Bills just need to be getting a little bit better. 
Sony Michelle rushing the ball had 21 carries for 96 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. Rex Burkhead had five carries for 20 yards with one touchdown. Um, receiving the ball, Rex Burkhead, the running back, was the uh, best receiver for the Patriots. Four receptions for 77 yards on four targets. Julian Edelman, the next on the list, five receptions for 72 yards on six targets. And yeah, there then just a whole bunch of guys that you know got the ball behind that. So all right, stat that was stats of the game. We are going to take a quick commercial break, and after that, we'll go into our plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers. So stick around. Welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show for the Bills' loss against New England Patriots, twenty-four seventeen. I'm your host Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm with my co-hosts, John and Mike. Let's go into our uh, plays of the game, our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game. Sweet, sassy, molassy. Get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown. I am going to go with, for my sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game, it's got to be that um, 53-yard touchdown pass from Josh Allen to John Brown. Second and 13, Allen deep drop. Hit as he throws it downfield for Brown. Who's got it? John Brown breaks free and scores. Touchdown, Buffalo. We told you it was shot play area, and Brown connects to put the Bills on top. I mean, you know, Josh Allen, like he was most of today, facing a lot of pressure. And, you know, while getting hit, he throws a pass right into the breadbasket of John Brown. And one of our Twitter followers, Brian Dausch, tweeted, which was, hilarious he tagged us in it was thank you patriots for hitting josh allen so he could not step into a deep ball and overthrow it (laughs) which was funny because after that i mean josh allen was overthrowing receivers left and right on deep balls um great tweet by brian dausch Um, what about you john what was your sweet sassy molassy play of the game for today's loss um same as yours um i thought john brown ran an excellent route Gilmore got turned around on the play, and it was uh ended up being a relatively easy touchdown. Like you said, Allen got hit as he threw it. I think my honorable mention is a fourth and one quarterback sneak ish play from England where he got that second effort for the first down. Quarterback sneak, baby. and the Patriots know that too. Allen is stopped. He keeps it alive, and he got the first down. What a great effort by Allen. You knew what the Pats knew, what everybody knew. Looked like he was going to try to jump over the top there. But the Patriots timed it out just right. But once again, you see the big, tough quarterback that doesn't get it on the first effort. He gets around on the side for the first down, and he was looking up at the official afterwards and going, hey, did you see that? They pulled my face mask, too. Could have been another 15. He had a a similar play earlier in the year where he kind of like fought through the middle of the pile to get the first down, and uh, I just thought that was a good play. Yeah, the Cowboys game where he willed his way on a fourth and one to a first down just happened. Yeah, where there was a no face mask. No face mask. Right. So face mask was called on Josh Allen on that fourth and one play where he gets the first down. Because, of course, because that's the way these games always go against the Patriots. <laughs> he was playing against two people every game, the Patriots and the refs. John, Mike, Mike, what about you? Who's your What was your play of the Sweet Sassy Molassi play of the game? John has the right plays. He has them out of order. The the touchdown, the long touchdown, 30 out of 30 quarterbacks in the league make that throw, right? It's not, we don't care about it a week from now, but that Josh Allen play, that's a highlight reel play. There's not, I don't know if there's another quarterback that can make that run. He's stuffed at the line, like stuffed. 
stuffed by three defenders, then goes around and dives for the first. That was incredible. I thought we were going to win the win the game on that. And he had, the, had somebody yanking on his face mask. Yeah. Like I don't know if anybody else. Maybe Cam Newton in his heyday. Like that was wild. Yeah, yeah. You don't think Tom Brady could uh, could have made that run? Remember when Tom Brady was streaking for the end zone and there was like nobody in front of him, and you're like, "Oh, he might score." He'd be like, "Oh, wait, he's Tom Brady." He couldn't run. He to did this that level. little shoulder dip attempt to juke. That was great. <laughs> and can I give an honorable mention? Since John was able to give an honorable mention, I want to give an honorable mention to um, that uh, that play where Poyer punched out the ball from Rex Burkhead and Hyde. Um, Micah Hyde picked it up and ran it back for 31 yards. From the 35, a fake to Harry and to Burkhead. They set up the screen for Burkhead with space. Burkhead across midfield, lost the football. It's out, and Micah Hyde has it for Buffalo. Hyde at the 45, setting up a retreat. He's got some space here on the near side. Hyde to the 40, back past the line of scrimmage, and the Bills will take over at the 30. His fellow safety, Jordan Poyer, knocked it free. First turnover of the game for Buffalo. I was kind of hoping he would return it for a touchdown. Um, the Bills haven't seemed to be able to as many turnovers as they've gotten this season. They haven't really returned one for a touchdown. They can remember at least. So, but it's nice to see them actively f- go for the ball, right? Like we used for ten years, we said, "Oh, all these other teams are actively trying to strip the ball, punch the ball." Bills defense just drag tackled guys. Yeah, seemingly. Yeah, right. Now we just have to work on. Oh, when you're coming around the edge and the quarterback's got the ball cocked back, don't just drag him to the ground. Go for that ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they're getting better at that, but they definitely need more work on just going after the ball. Great point, Mike. Yeah, seasons past, it'd be like, why don't the ball? Why don't the Bills ever go after the ball like every other team does? Why don't they ever try to stand guys up and, you know, just try to pop the ball out and punch it out? This this team under Sean McDermott is definitely turnover oriented, which is great to see. Good call there, Mike. All right, now let's go into our wall of famers and wall of shamers. So the wall of famer of the game is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago Casino and Resort. Um, we're actually going to be at the DraftKings Sportsbook um, at Delago Casino in, uh, in uh, next week, next week for the Bills Jets game. So if you guys happen to be there or you guys want to be there, it's in Waterloo, New York. If you're in the central New York or western New York area, it's like a 45-minute drive or so. And uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a cool place. I'm so glad that uh, we got a chance to check it out earlier this season when we interviewed Bruce Smith. And uh, we're going to go there. They're, they're, they're actually going to – we're going to be doing some giveaways. They're actually um, – now's as good a time as any to mention the giveaway. Um, one of our listeners, Brett Smart, won the signed Tremaine Edmonds jersey. And uh, so congratulations to him. We'll be sending that out after the holidays. I got, I got stuff to do, Brett. You know, I don't have time to just send out packages to, you know, f- to free prizes to people during the holidays. So I'm going to send it out to you after Christmas. And uh, so I got so lucky when Adam won the John Brown signed jersey. He lived in the area, so I could just literally drive home. On my way from home from work, I just dropped it off on his back steps. Brett lives in the UK, so I'm going to have to ship that mother bleeper over to England across the pond. You know, I should have just been like, uh, I should have just read the name off and then checked it later and be like, he doesn't live in the UK, right? All right, next night, we're just going to do another raffle. <laughs> that would have been the way that the Patriots do a giveaway announcement is they would have done that and been like, well, that doesn't really benefit us. So I'm just going to redo the whole 
giveaway. But um, but no, Brett won it. Congratulations to Brett. Our next prize that we're going to announce that you will be eligible for if you meet the criteria is a signed football autographed by the legend himself, Bruce Smith. You know what Bruce would do if he found me messing with this shoe, man. <laughs> Bad things, man. So luckily the nice people, the nice folks over at uh, Delago Casino and Resort um, are giving us a few footballs to give away for the next podcast. So this next giveaway will be a signed Bruce Smith autographed football to the winner. And if you're wondering, so we have about like 90 or 100 participants for this uh, for this next giveaway. If you'd like to be one of those people and you'd like to be eligible for this giveaway and every giveaway forth, just because the people that didn't win the John Brown jersey, the Tremaine Edmonds jersey, you guys are always going to be in every giveaway we do because um, you guys took the time out. You guys went and made an Apple podcast review in iTunes, which isn't a small task. And you guys did that and we appreciate the hell out of it. And to be completely transparent, those reviews help us reach more listeners. So um, that's one of those things where Apple has its own algorithm for podcasting. And one of the things is more listeners. So luckily, we've gotten a ton more reviews because of it. A lot of the podcasts in our network have done a great job of getting reviews. I wanted to do our part. You guys have done your part. No matter what, if you do not win this week or next time or whatever, you will always be in the running for our giveaway. That's my uh, that's my promise to you because uh, we plan on doing a lot more giveaways. And I want to treat the listeners and the people that went out of their way to help us out in the right way. So the next one will be a Bruce Smith signed football. So we will do the raffle for that in our week 17 getaway uh, giveaway. And, but we are also giving away a Bruce Smith signed football at Delago Casino Resort. So if you are there that Sunday, we'll be there around noon. If you're there, um, stop by and see us. We'll be at one of the high top tables in the DraftKings um, sports book at Delago Casino. And uh, it's, it's one of the, it's one of this cool area. There's a big, huge bar. There's a huge seating area, and we'll be at one of the high top tables that's right next to the bar. So uh, message us. Um, we don't really give out our pictures a whole heck of a lot. So uh, message me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and uh, let us know you're there if you can't find us. And we, the first person that uh, stops by around noon, is going to get a uh, free Bruce Smith signed football. And uh, if you're one of those people that didn't get a chance to be there and and get the football, we'll buy you a drink. You know because. Uh, you're listening to the podcast. We appreciate you guys listening and, uh, you know, we'll talk bills with you. So anyway, um, we will, like I mentioned, be at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago on December 29th, week 17, Bill's Jets game. Uh, John will be there and uh, voiceover Nick, the guy you hear at the beginning and the end of uh, almost every podcast. And Mike won't be there. He will be in Florida still um, celebrating uh, the holidays with family. But uh, we'll, we'll be sure to give him a call and we'll also be recording right after that luckily they they gave us a spot upstairs where we can record the podcast afterwards. So we'll be able to give you some um, direct feedback on that. So that's going to be a fun time. So a lot less stress on a week 17 game than a, uh, than a normal season. Usually you're hoping to get into the playoffs. You need a lot of things to go your way. The Bills are firmly set in the playoffs as the fifth seed. So it'll just be a fun thing to talk about. So let's go into, finally, after all that. Oh, real real quick. So down in Florida, I wore my Bills gear today, right? Out yeah. and about. Uh-huh. And everybody was like, yeah, good luck today. Yeah, <clears throat> beat the Pats. You could tell the real Bills fans, like, go Bills, you know. And like, oh, go Bills. You know, it's cool having that shared connect, like, even half a country away. Like, 
some kind of connection. So it was, it was cool. I don't normally get away and, and have Bill's gear on, but I people that even if you don't live in Western New York, if you're out and about and you have a Bill's T-shirt on, you're in a public place. I mean, somebody will come up to you and talk football or maybe maybe you're finding another Bill's fan. It was cool. Absolutely. And then this was the first time I was going to go to an actual Bill's backers bar because the game's on NFL Network and I don't have NFL Network. <laughs> like, oh, a good excuse to finally like hang out with a bunch of Bills fans in a different place. Like, that'll be really cool. It's like, oh, I'm all set to go. Like, you know, well, I'm going to, we're going to go to this Bills Packers bar. Oh, looking around, looking around, and then Google it. Oh, permanently closed. <laughs> uh, well, maybe I they guess both- they gave up after 20 years. <laughs> Do you blame them? But it, uh, well, it's it's still on the Bills Backers Bar webpage. Is like the closest one. Yeah, yeah. Do you, it's called Krusty's. <laughs> Even the name was a turn off. Wait, maybe maybe it's not the Bills fans that didn't keep it going. It's just that Krusty's folded. <laughs> they haven't found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't found a replacement bar yet. Yeah, the the, the, the Bills backers in uh, in Florida are still <laughs> looking for <laughs> a business that's going to keep going. You know, that's 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 really interesting. Yeah. Have you guys ever done that just in general on vacation, like where Bill stuff? Like, I feel like everywhere I've gone recently in the last few years when I've worn, like my, I tweeted this out, like my son, this last year we were in Florida too. We went to the Miami area in January and the pilot let my son check out the cockpit of the airplane. But because he had a Bill's hat on and the pilot was a Bill's fan, he's like, hey, yeah, you want to walk around? I was like, yeah, bud, go on and uh, take a look. So that was kind of cool. I've had definitely had people stop and talk to me um, about the Buffalo Bills on vacation. That's kind of a cool thing. It's a good call there, Mike. Yeah, it's always a, a, a boost, psychological boost, right? You're in a, a far from home and somebody sees your gear and gives you a high five or go Bills or something. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Do you Would you think that if you started like chatting it up, at, if, if, if this Bills backer bar did exist and it didn't fold, <laughs> would you <laughs> – would you have talked to like somebody in the audience? They'd be like, "Oh, cool, you know, where are you from?" Like, "Oh, you know, I'm from you know Western New York." And would you would you mention that you uh, were a co-host for a, a Buffalo Bills podcast? You think you'd ever mention that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I never ever bring that up with anyone if I can avoid it. <laughs> it's always like awkward because they're just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it's like, yeah. Wall of Fame. A little too self-deprecating, I would say. A little say. too self-deprecating. I mean, you know, we know more yeah. than the... Yeah, well, I know more than my aunt does when she comes into the third quarter of the game. Like, who are the Bills playing today? Like, oh, like, <laughs> just don't even bother. Don't even bother. It's not even... She might just be trying to take an interest in your life. Maybe oh, well, it's, a... It's, a, it's, a, it's a little late, Mike. It's a little late to take an interest in my life, you know? I'm, I'm 30-something years old. I've been liking the Bills ever since I was little. Like, I just ignored her. Just like you do in, with the family during the holidays. It's the best time. Um, why, this is really awkward. A wall of famers for today's loss to the New England Patriots. Wall. I'm going to go with... Actually, you know what, John? Why don't you go first in this one? <laughs> I've been talking for the last 10 minutes, and uh, I haven't had time to really gather my thoughts. You haven't said anything. Mike's been talking. Who's your wall of famer for today's loss? Uh, well, Beasley was great and all, but I think I'm going to go with Borkwitz. The Patriots are trying like hell to block a punt, and he was unfazed, got off every punt. I, I'm, I'm, I was happy with his performance today. 
Bahorquez. Nice. Wow. Wow. That's definitely the only time that name's been uttered in this <laughs> section of the podcast. <laughs> Wall of Fame. I, you know what? I, I have to give him a little credit too. That was a, that's, that's very fair because, um, again, the special teams didn't realize how to block. You know, when, when the, the Patriots did that to them last time that they played, they blocked a punt and returned for a touchdown, yet the special teams was not prepared for it again. And uh, the Patriots sell out to block the punt. The Bills, instead of uh, going into a max protect, they just still keep two gunners out there. And, yeah, it's so smart by the Patriots, too, because if you think about it, you know, there were times where Corey Bohorquez had to punt it slightly differently so it didn't get blocked. So it wasn't as long of a punt as it normally is, right? So then it doesn't even matter that you have the gunners completely unblocked because the guy is only going to get like a 35, 40 yard punt. He's just going to fair catch it anyway. So you're automatically at a win there. So if you don't block it, you're still getting, you're still getting a less, I guess, less of a net punt than you would normally get if the guy could just punt it as far as he wanted to. Right. I thought the special teams um, lacked a little bit today. Mike, who about you? Who's on your wall of fame for today's loss? I always hear you guys talking about, oh, it was unfazed. What's the opposite of that? Phased? Is that a word? Like, oh, yeah. if, if they got to Bo Harkwise, <laughs> would he be phased? John's like, yeah, phased, phased, is a, <laughs> phased is exactly what you would do. Whatever. You weren't an English major, John. <laughs> Not that I was, but I don't know if you know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, it's Cole Beasley. John, it's not like Bohork was did a fake punt and got a first a first down or won the game or anything. Well, nobody won the game. <laughs> and boom goes the dynamite. But had he, I could see you putting him on your wall of fame. Absent that, you'd have to go with Beasley. Yeah, but I, he's a poor poor man's Edelman for sure. Yeah, there's really I when the Bills got Cole Beasley, and he's my wall of famer too. By the way, Mike, and when the Bills got Cole Beasley, it was it was the hope that he would be yeah, a poor man's Edelman, and he is like a very poor, very poor man's a poor, poor, like poor. You know, it feels weird saying that because Edel he had a better game statistically than Edelman did, but yeah, I mean, he is just. But on third down, you everyone, every everyone at home, everyone in the stadium, everyone knew it was going to Edelman, and it did, and the Bills had no answer. Well, that's what I want to say. So I'm going to give the wall of shame. Let's go into our wall of shamers for today's game shame 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 wall of shame goes to in my opinion um taryn johnson and leslie frazier for not being able to scheme out julian edelman in today's game and just the ability i mean other teams have done it the baltimore ravens had a great way to attack julian edelman um, there were guys that were constantly bumping him in the line and causing contact as soon as he was off. I mean, they were just they were just burying Edelman in that game against the Ravens, and it was just. I don't think you put that on Johnson though. It, don't you have to double team him? You yeah, he deserves. He's an elite wide receiver. I kind of wanted. Is he it weird? Off the line. Is it weird? I kind of wanted Tredavious White on Ju- Julian Edelman if I had to have anyone. I mean, Nikhil Harry doesn't really scare me because traditionally. Tom Brady just doesn't attack the wider. It doesn't attack like the outside wide receivers like he does Julian Edelman, the tight ends, the running backs. He just isn't an outside receiver kind of, you know, quarterback. At least he hasn't been of late. So is it weird that, to think that maybe they should have put Tredavious White again? They, but if they should have, that goes back to Leslie Frazier. And, you know, schematically, it just wasn't a good uh, game plan on their part. Johnson had that great stop for the when it was, um, 
to end the Pats drive in the fourth quarter. Remember? Then it was fourth and one. Mm-hmm. Had that Wasn't great that, tackle. Was that Kevin Johnson or Taron Johnson? Oh, it was Kevin Johnson, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Screw you, John. <laughs> I just remember seeing a Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just remember seeing a Johnson, eh? Um. <laughs> That's what he said. Um, <laughs> who is on your uh, wall of shame for today's game, Mike? I, nobody really sticks out to me. Um, can I say Trent Murphy just for not making a difference? Just geez, fourth highest paid bill, not a difference maker. Yeah, I think that's a that's a definitely going to be a discussion in the off season is whether the Bills keep Trent Murphy or not. But, I mean, if they lose Shaq Lawson, I mean, can you afford to lose Trent Murphy too? I don't know. Yeah, he's been – I mean, if I if it was – for some reason, I believe, I'm almost 100% sure that Trent Murphy started started um, the game opposite of Jerry Hughes, and I'm, I'm just not sure why. Um, I don't know why Shaq Lawson isn't in there more often, but – I can be convinced if you guys have somebody. No, Trent Murphy. I mean, he's been. What's funny is actually the last few games he's made a couple of big plays, but tonight, I mean, he just wasn't. He's none of the defensive ends were a factor, though. I mean, just look at Shaq Lawson, Trent Murphy, Daryl Johnson, Jerry Hughes. I mean, they just didn't really seem to be getting to Brady, and obviously, it didn't matter on the stack the stat sheet. And uh, of course, you know, Brady was intentionally grounding the ball you know, half the time. So, you know, that doesn't go up, end up on the stat sheet. But John, what about you? Who can you convince us was the uh, wall of shamer for today's loss? Sean McDermott. They're outcoached on both sides of the ball. Oh, good one. Good one. At least you can say, though, if the Bills are going to be outcoached, if Sean McDermott is going to be outcoached by somebody, like it's it's a little bit more, I, I can understand a little bit better if it's if it's against Bar- Bill Belichick. Well, it's easy, wouldn't it? I would say... Bel- Belichick is the best winningest coach, and is he the winningest coach in NFL history? I mean, gotta be most Super Bowl. Like, I don't. I think McDermott held his own. Could he have done? He definitely could have done things better, but it wasn't embarrassing. It wasn't outclassed. I was super impressed with not challenging that call. Like I said, everybody I was watching it with wanted him to challenge. Um, no, gl- like glaring time management issues. Yeah, I mean, if you had to have, if you were to have the Bills lose to the Patriots, I think this is the way you kind of want them to lose. If that's if that's acceptable, I, I think you're like, oh, we're right there. We got if we play them again, outcome will be different. Yeah, well, that's what we thought. The like, you know, we play them again. Oh, you know, we we just minimize the mistakes. It'll be different, and we'll win. Well, we minimize mistakes, so we still didn't win. Oh, good point, John. Mike, counterpoint. I'm not supposed to be around negativity like this. <laughs> it's the holidays, Mike. You, you, you don't need a little negativity in your life? <laughs> what? John, look at the positive feedback loop he's creating with the culture. Um, I mean, the perception around the league is changing. It's going to be immeasurably easier to get free agents coming to Buffalo, people that want to win, character guys. Um I mean, the Bills played on Thanksgiving, right, with a win. They beat Tomlin and the Steelers. I don't think they're getting out coached. I trust the process, but they lost this game, and there's reasons why they lost this game. Yeah, so they can rest everybody next week. They didn't let out a bag of tricks and show all their cards for the playoffs, like, right, with 
reverses and flea flickers and yeah, I would have preferred to win, but they had a reverse. Belichick, I think, is the best coach in the league. Yeah, you got to. We had him down to the last play of the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to hope that they're they're kind of ho- holding something back. I hopefully hopefully Brian Dable is um, cooking up something that's a lot better than what he gave this week for the playoffs. But yeah, let's go into our. I, I do want to talk after we get into our. Uh, Twitter responses for Wall of Famers and Wall of Chambers. I do want to talk next week against the New York Jets. What do you think will happen as far as the starters go? Should they and will they um, rest them? And uh, So let's go into um, ex-January football. He writes, Wall of Fame, um, it's a tough call this week. Um, Beasley, Singletary, and Bajorquez are the best I can suggest. Wall of Shame, wow, lots. Uh, Screw no group awards. It's definitely a, a an avid listener. Um, he writes, D- defensive tackling sucked. Refs sucked more. 90% of the o- offensive plays sucked. Plays have to be, the plays of the game have to be Poyer uh, fumble strip with the Hyde return and the Dion Dawkins touchdown. Sadly, we didn't capitalize. Kathleen writes, wall of fame, Beasley and Allen, wall of shame, Dable play calling, defensive tackling. Jared Scroggins writes in, wall of fame, Mega Josh. Connecting on deep air passes. I, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, Jared, because he did connect on that one, right? Or is he? do you think he's including that Dawson Knox catch, too? Yes. Okay, two. All right, all right. He did connect on a couple of them. All right, I'll give him credit for that. Jared writes in, wall of shame, defensive tackling, making Rex Burkhead look like sweetness. <laughs> uh, yep, Rex Burkhead had 72 yards on, uh, on the uh, receiving, or 77 yards, I should say, receiving today. X Hanover writes, uh, Bills 10 and 4, writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, was actually mostly on point with a lot of his passes, made plays out of nothing, seemingly did as much as he could with the play calling. Um, do you guys ever feel like we ever over-apologize for Josh Allen and his deficiencies? I mean, in my opinion, I don't think Josh Allen had a great day today, but I also feel like I always give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to him having these types of games like, well, you know, he's learning, you know, he's not perfect. I mean, the Pats have a great defense, which they do, but he didn't turn the ball over today, but he had 50 percentage or he had 50 percent um, completion percentage. So where do you guys, where do you guys stand on that? Today's a tough game because maybe, maybe aside from Beasley, how many players in the offense would you say had a good day? Yeah, exactly. Singletary didn't have a very good game today. Frank Gore didn't even get one carry today, <laughs> which I'm okay with. But yeah, you're right. Nobody, nobody in the offense had a great game today, besides Beasley. So he he also writes, "Wall of shame." The defense does no one know how to tackle. <laughs> this is a very common theme on the Twitter thread. Jeffrey Waddy writes in. Now this, here's a little contrarian take. A lot of people are going to hate on the D, but you can't leave your defense on the field for 45 minutes and expect to win. Wow, that's a good one. You have to be able to sustain drives and use the clock. Allen need, needs to play a full game as usual. Tackling was bad all game except on the D-line. Those are all great points. You know, we mentioned the difference in time of possession. It was an 18-minute difference. There's a difference there, and it gets accounted for, and it's going to tire them out. So, yeah, maybe that's uh, that is a great point by Jeffrey. It's a good take, a little bit different. You know, somebody tweeted into us or tweeted in this week, um, it was Jordan, Jordan Rickman, I think her name is. And she tweeted just in general, how come 
fourth quarter? How come Josh or how come can fourth quarter Josh Allen be all quarter Josh Allen? Which was a which was a really interesting point, and I kind of ag- agree with her. You know, we need Josh Allen to kind of start play and then finish games where he's as good as he is in the fourth quarter as far as moving the ball. And you know, they mentioned the eight fourth quarter and overtime comebacks that Josh Allen has had in his in his short career. And I think he just he's just finding out how to put together a complete game. And that's something that uh, Jeffrey brought up. Allen needs to play a full game, as usual. And, um, you know, I feel like I apologize for him. Or maybe not apologize. I just defend him a lot. And he's just learning. He's learning to get to those places. And there are certain players, like, for example, Peyton Manning was never a clutch quarterback, right? I mean, I know he won a couple of Super Bowls, but... Um, for the most part, that was his big knock, is that he would play lights out in the regular season. And then when he came back for the postseason, I believe he had an under 500 record. So um, that was a guy that I would say is not clutch. It seems like right now, Josh is is clutch. Now it's just a matter of sp- being able to play a full game that way. It almost seems like it takes him that long throughout the course of a game to start to get pretty comfortable. So maybe with, you know... I don't know. I don't know how many more games <laughs> before, you know, he puts it all together to start the game. I'm willing to give him till next year, to the end of next year, to start putting it all together to see improvements. I mean, we've already started to see improvements with Josh Allen this season. Now it's just a matter of continuing to see more improvements with him. That's very true. Ex Dave Thorpe writes in Wall of Fame Beasley is the only one worthy of a mention. Allen was awesome for like five minutes. <laughs> Shame that it's a 60 minute game. <laughs> wall of shame chicken shit refs and penalties it's a joke um plays of the game always giving us some plays of the game Dion dawkins touchdown the brown touchdown the poyer forced fumble which i believe we hit on almost all those plays um out coached by the pats um is no disgrace all the lessons that we needed to learn um he also writes some um, extra wall of shame our tackling was garbage when it matters we can't give alan the protection he needs which is an excellent point i always feel like dave's right on this one that when it matters, Josh is just has three defenders in his face, like he did for the last play of the game where he had to just chuck up a 50-50 ball to our shortest wide receiver. AD, AD-B writes, Wall of Fame going into New England and having a chance to win the game with a two-minute drill, which is kind of what you mentioned earlier, Mike, about being in the games as opposed to how it's been in recent seasons and in the past 20 years. Now, Wall of Shame Frazier and McDermott for not dialing up the pressure on Brady. And we all know that the one way to beat Tom Brady is really legitimately to pressure him and get in his face and throw him off. It's it's like almost every quarterback, right? That's how you beat the best ones. You get them to throw sooner than they want to on a more consistent basis. And in uh, Tom Brady's case, um, you know, intentionally ground the ball without getting called for it. Wall of shame, honorable mention, the refs missed a lot of the calls for the Bills. I hate the... I hate blaming the refs, but, you know, and, and I, I hate doing that, too. I hate blaming the refs for the Bills' loss, but it just seems too often that the, the Bills have to compete against that. Wall of Fame, Beasley and Dawkins really stepped up to the challenge. Wall of Shame, probably the defense if I have to choose. This is from Megatron, ex-Megatron, by the way. A lot of X's out there because, you know, the Bills made the playoffs, so they're, uh, they're the, uh, the X, clinched the playoffs. Wall of Shame, probably the defense if I had to choose. They just weren't explosive enough especially in the first half. Beanie writes in Wall of Fame, our small receivers, a couple of great catches by Cole Smoke and even Knox. And Wall of Shame, the run defense for being unable to stop anyone, Milano specifically, 
and the refs for being on drugs. <laughs> we could have won both of the Pats game. That's why I'm so upset. So, Mike, you, you're happy that we've been in both of these games. Is there any part of you that's upset because we were so close to winning both of these games that the Bills could almost be, you know, 12-3 and three at this point? No. Just... <laughs> okay. If it were the playoffs, it'd be a different story, but I think we've made tremendous strides in the in the time that McDermott's been here. Exciting to see what Allen's doing, right? This game was not a playoff game. It didn't cost us the season by any stretch. And even had we won, it's not like we were guaranteed to buy. I think that was still a huge ask for the Bills to win next week and the Pats to lose. Like, it's very encouraging to me because I, I think an unbiased person would say, Belichick and Brady are the best duo in NFL history, and it's just unfortunate the Bills have been in the same division. Yeah, for sure. How confident are you if the Bills play them a third time in the playoffs that they could potentially win? I'm confident they could potentially win. Okay. You know, I, I kind of mentioned this on, we did like a special edition Christmas podcast yesterday, and one of the things I mentioned was, I feel like last time Wait, the Bills- we did? Yeah, yeah, we did. Totally. You should check it out. <laughs> you should check it out. You were part of it. You didn't even I know. I thought it was a co-host. <laughs> You're a co-host on most of them, I will say, um, during the okay. season. So, um, But, you know, two seasons ago. Shot when the, to the ego. Continue. <laughs> when two seasons ago, when the Bills ended the drought, the drought being ended was the major story. I feel like we kind of went into the playoffs with the expectations of everything. Everything along after that was gravy, right? You... You make the playoffs. That's what matters. And then, you know, if we win, great. If not, you know, the Bills just barely squeaked in. We didn't expect them to win. But this season is a little bit different. I want the Bills to make a deep run into the playoffs this year. I don't want them to get bounced in the first round by a team that scores, you know, that beats us 10-3 to or whatever the, the Jags beat us by two years ago. I mean, this is this is where the Bills – so right now the Bills are the fifth seed, obviously. Um the projected fourth uh, fourth seed that the Bills are playing right now is the Texans. The Ravens are the first seed. The Patriots are the second seed. So if the Bills beat the Texans, as long as the Steelers don't beat the Chiefs, which I doubt that'll happen, the Bills will play the Ravens in the second week of the season as opposed to the Patriots. So there's it's a possibility that the Bills may not play the Patriots again in the postseason. Or, or they play the Ravens and then the Patriots. Or Oh yeah, they play the Ravens and then the Patriots. Dude, that's a murderer's row. If you beat those two teams to get into the Super Bowl, man, anything can happen. You could beat any team in the league, right? And that game that game is important just even for historical reasons. Let's say they face the Patriots. The Patriots, if they go to the Super Bowl, that'll be four in a row. A record only the Bills have right now. Good call. So let's talk about real quick about week 17 next week against the Jets. Um, the Bills have absolutely nothing to gain by playing this game and either winning or losing this game. If you guys had to choose, do you think the Bills should play their starters for a majority of the game, for a small part of the game? Only certain players should play part of the game? Because I'll tell you where I come out. I was thinking about this today before the game, is if this scenario came up, I think that the Bills should play their offensive players a lot longer than their defensive starters. If I had to name a few starters that I definitely want to sit in order to avoid injury, I want to say Tredavis White should not play 
next Sunday. I think um, potentially Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde should not play. Either one or both of those players should not play. I'm trying to think of players that if we lost for whatever reason would be absolutely detrimental to the team. Maybe Tremaine Edmonds you keep off the field. Um, what about, um, I think, but then switch that. I think that the Bills offensively, almost everyone should play the entire game because I think the Bills offense has not been in a rhythm almost all season besides the Cowboys game and the Dolphins game that they really need to have a get right game before they enter the the playoffs. Just kind of like a bounce back, like, hey, let's run the score up on the new, on the New York Jets, you know, 25, 30 points. Let's show them that we can do this. And then we'll go into the first game of the week against the Texans. And maybe we'll still have some momentum going into that game. What do you, what do you guys think? I disagree. I would fit as many starters on both sides of the ball as possible. And part of the reason is why you said that you would start them. I, because they're not clicking, like if, if they had been, cl- you know, they strung a couple games, the offense where there's, they're really clicking then. Okay. Maybe continue that a little bit. And then, for maybe half and then rest them, but like, just, just give them a rest, like treat it as a, as a bye week for the starters. Get They, you know, they're, everybody's banged up. Just give them a rest day. Mike, who do you think should be set? Everybody should sit. It's such a violent game, such a high relatively chance of getting injured. Um, and I think just losing any starter is usually detrimental. Yeah, if I had to predict what's going to happen, I think what you and John said is going to happen. I think McDermott will sit as many starters as he possibly can, just like he did in the preseason when he could. I mean, he didn't sit Josh Allen as much as he could have because he, I think he really wanted Josh to get those reps in before the season. And um, But for the most part, I mean, there were a lot of key players that didn't see a single snap. I don't think Jerry Hughes played the entire preseason, right? So I think... Going along with that safe nature, I could definitely see Sean McDermott resting as many as he can. Now you you have to still fill out a, a full roster. <laughs> you know you still have to have fifty three players. You know forty six active. So um, eleven eleven. You know you sh- you're still gonna have some starters playing some of the game, but you know. And then plus, if you think about it, like let's say somebody goes down in the playoffs, like even Allen, right? Well, then all of a sudden you have all these players you know who had all the the reps for week seventeen. You know, say, oh, now Barkley comes in. Well, he he had the extra game to, to for reps and to prepare and that sort of thing too. So I, I think it's good from that from a depth aspect for those guys getting extra reps. So you agree that reps, extra reps, do help players to prepare for the next game. So not necessarily. He's saying maybe up to a certain point, it's it's positive. Yeah, I agree with that point. So Josh Allen should get the week seventeen reps. <laughs> Well, he Just, may have already hit his his number. No, where it becomes that maybe it's a bell curve, right? There's some peak number of reps where it's positive up to a point, and then it becomes detrimental. So maybe the starters are at that peak, and everything further is detrimental. Where on your body, right, that many weeks, that many reps, whereas your second stringers, you're still improving and still getting better. The practice is having a positive impact. Giving the extra reps to the death players. That's I think that's that's only a positive. Yeah, and he if, was attacking you, John. <laughs> I wasn't. I, know, I'm to... I was not attacking John. <laughs> I, I, yeah, okay. You can give those death players. I mean, if if you're gonna play the offensive line, though, or if you're gonna play Josh Allen, you have to play the the entire offensive line. So I think that 
Well, we are yeah. setting up a straw man, like a completely false argument. Like, why why do we assume we have to play Josh Allen? Well, I'm just, I'm like, just oh, if you do this, you have to do all this. I, well, no, I'm saying, I'm saying that. Barkley should be starting next week. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so Josh Allen doesn't even. There's absolutely nothing to gain. You, you, one of your points was like, oh, we could show the league what we're what we can do. Like that's just ego. No, no, that, remove. That. I don't, I don't care what the league thinks about us. I don't care. I don't want to show the league anything. I want to. Uh, internally, you know, we talk about this week to week, like Josh Allen's improving. Josh Allen is taking a step back. Josh Allen is doing this. You're not, you're telling me that in a week to week league where Josh Allen has shown progress from week to week or over the course, course of certain games that Josh Allen couldn't also improve in one more game of play. Oh, you definitely could, but you're, you're discounting the catastrophic possibility of, of not having him for the rest of the year, the playoffs, his next year or his career. I'm saying he might improve, but it's not in a cost-benefit analysis. It might not be worth the hugely negative impact. So I don't, I don't really care. I, I guess I'm just, I've just been unimpressed with Josh Allen between the Baltimore Ravens game, the Pittsburgh Steelers game, the um, every, basically every game since the Cowboys game. I don't think he's played particularly well. I think he's been missing on receivers, and I think the receivers themselves have been dropping a lot of passes. So how are you going to get that chemistry? Well, you're going to take a week off. Well, I don't know if that's really the way to approach that. You know, you're also saying, yeah, these guys can get injured. Yeah, you, you can still practice. You're just not getting hit by well, an opposing player. Well, 350 pounds. Well, then I guess it's on the coaching because the practice isn't working. They're not improving. And this is when you want to be at your peak right in the playoffs. Do you think they're going to go into, you know, having played poorly offensively the last four games or three games, as it were, and they're just going to all of a sudden light up the Texans? in the wild card playoff game, like there's just something they've been holding back this whole time and they really haven't been trying. <laughs> there's like some conspiracy out there that there's just, no, they're just not playing well offensively. And the only way to get back in that, that you don't get better offensively by not playing a week. <laughs> a week is reserved for if you're playing that well. If you're Aaron Rodgers and you know that, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not saying he should play the whole game. I'm saying he should... He should play a little bit. Even Tom Brady plays a little bit in the games that don't matter. I'm just. I feel like you're I'm discounting the, the possibility of injury. Like we saw it with Mitch Morris. Like they were, I felt they were lost when he went down. Like it, it yeah. affected everything. The next, the, the first snap almost went over Allen's head. It's a good thing he's, it wasn't Doug Flutie, right? It's a good yeah. thing he's six, six. Good, yeah. Good, good call. Like, uh, like I just, you're a smart guy. You give it some thought. You'll come around and agree with John and I. <laughs> <laughs> it, you, know, you might be right, Nate. I mean, if, if you think about it, like the, the the Patriots, their offense hasn't been very good this season. Maybe they should have purposely lost today so they wouldn't get a bye week, so they wouldn't have to rest players and, and have to play an extra game. Shut up, John. Shut up, Meg. I don't know. I guess I I'm not I'm not dead set on that they have to play, but I'm saying I don't know how you get out of that funk. <laughs> I don't know how all of a sudden you just turn it on offensively. Now, what I will say though in the Bills' defense of their offense, <laughs> the defense of their offensive performances, is they played three amazing defenses in a row. The Ravens have a great defense. The Steelers have a great defense. The Pats have a great defense. So those struggles can somewhat be attributed to those issues being the fact that those are teams with good defenses. So I'm not discounting that. I guess I'm just, yeah. Okay, if, if, that's, if that's how you feel, then maybe that's... The Bills I mean, have all the ability. Those teams are going to be in the playoffs too. I mean, but because they played those three in a row, maybe a bye week would be beneficial. 
they're kind of beat up. Yeah, this is this is one of those luxuries that you rarely ever get unless you you're a team that's uh that's already, you know, got the number 1 seed or the number 1 number 2 seed and you're locked in. You usually don't get a week off like this. So, uh, maybe the Bills just just should take advantage of it. Like you said, Mike, they're banged up. I heard that Jerry Hughes is nursing a groin injury possibly. So, yeah. All right, we've gone on. He, he pulled his groin. Yep. That's what I heard. And it felt so good he pulled it again. <laughs> we are laughing. Uh, All right, go ahead. <laughs> and you criticized me for my take on uh, the Bills <laughs> offensive starters playing one more game. Uh, I thought you liked that joke. I, I love that joke. You used to love that one. I used to die laughing at that joke. <laughs> did your dad tell me that joke, or did you tell me the joke that your dad... You you retold the joke that your dad told me. Either way, your dad's your dad's hilarious, by the way. But you, I know you don't think he's funny. <laughs> That's like it's th- different when you hear something for the first time versus the hundredth. Very <laughs> uh, fair enough. But you know, my brother in law always does the uh, the kung pao chicken joke. It's, it's like whenever they show a coordinator on the sidelines holding up that huge plastic menu of plays. <laughs> to it over his mouth he always goes i'll take the kung pao chicken <laughs> gets a laugh a hundred percent of the time dude's been riding that joke for 15 years <laughs> still it's still gold it's still gold so anyway the bills are playing the uh, new york jets next week in buffalo and uh we'll be talking to you guys after that so um again look they for- are four point favorites Bills are four-point favorites. You know, it would be very fitting for the Bills to lose and then the Dolphins to be the Patriots. <laughs> it would be. That's exactly how it would go. So, great. So, well, I'll, I'll, if you want to bet straight up, John, if you're feeling <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'll take the, I'll, I'll, I'll do the under. I'll on take the, the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This, this podcast has gone on long enough. Um, Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate all of you guys listening to us today. If there's anything that we missed or if you want to be ready for next week's game, please check out the rest of the amazing lineup on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel. Um, They'll bring you through all the interesting Bills narratives that will follow today's game and into next week's uh, game against the Jets. Um, So if, like I mentioned, if you guys are around the Waterloo, New York area next Sunday, uh, you know, come by, stop by, have a visit. We will be at the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook at, uh, Delago. So uh, see us there if you want. We have a autographed signed uh, Bruce Smith football for you. Thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate you guys. We'll be talking to you guys next week for the Bills Jets game. So signing off for John. Merry Christmas. Go Bills. For Mike. That game meant nothing. We're in the playoffs. It's awesome. Enjoy. Merry Christmas. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Play all the offensive starters. Week 17. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.